Congratulations, you made it to the Xfil. You can sit back and relax, try to make sense of why you just died on Ground Zero while it was snowing, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you're brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. If you enjoy the show, the absolute best thing you can do to support us is giving a like or a thumbs up on whatever platform you listen on. Five-star reviews go a long way to get the show into new listeners' ears, but whatever you choose, we appreciate you doing it. Absolutely. This week, it's time to dive into Ground Zero. Last week, we promised you some Ground Zero discussion. It's going to come this week. That, of course, is the new map that came to us with this wipe for PMCs only up until level 20. And, of course, we owe you guys a raid story or two because it's been a while. So, Trigger, how the raids been? (laughs) They have been interesting. You know, I've actually you know, been helping people with their raids and getting some quests done, which has been kind of fun in its own way because I can kind of play however I want and run around like a crazy person getting shot. But I want to talk about the setup quest a little bit. And if you're reading Reddit, if you're on Twitter or watching Twitch streams at all, you've probably heard people complaining about setup this wipe. And I have a little bit different take on it. I've definitely died a lot getting started on it because I was just kind of charging around like most people do, seeing how challenging it was going to be. I think over time, people have gotten really good at customs and they've, you know, they're not running out in the open as often. People know where the cover is. They take longer shots. You know, dorms isn't as easy to just kind of fight in. People know the rooms. They know the way to maneuver. So everything is a little more challenging with setup being limited to only customs and needing 15 kills with a Yushanka and a scav vest and only being able to use an MP series shotgun. So if you're not familiar with the quest, that's <laughs> that's what you have to do to, to complete it. Now I want to talk about a specific raid that I had where I decided that I didn't really like the close quarters combat shotgun strategy. So I built a longer range MP-153 with an LCAN scope on it and a suppressor. I tested it out in the hideout and I also went into some offline raids because I really wanted a shotgun that could shoot between 50 and 100 meters if I spotted someone running kind of far away. What I found was that it's a little inaccurate, but it's accurate enough the way that I've built it. And it's pretty standard. I mean, it's the MP-153 with an eight round or eight shell tube attached to it. And I think I had to put the MP-133 eight shell tube because of the suppressor that I chose. And the suppressor that I chose was the one that also goes on Glocks. So it's that kind of big, chunky, rectangular looking one, which I just like the look of it. So that's the one I used. And then I put a mount on it and then the Elcan scope. And I did this because I just unlocked the Elcan scopes from Peacekeeper. So I can easily make a couple of these, lose them, and sure, I'm hopefully get them back later. But I, I tested this out. It works really well from range. And so I went into the first raid with this, and this is a couple nights ago. I spawned over by the ZB extract on the far side of the map. On the side with the USEC and the checkpoint and the white SUVs are for Tiger Safari. When I spawned there, I said, you know what? I'm going to run straight up to the train where Chemical is, jump over that fence, 
go to old gas and see if I can pick off any PMCs that started there or rotating out. And I had a class four armor on and scav vest, Yushanka, and I'm running Comtax, which is kind of my setup. But I sprint over there and I get up to the train car and I start to ADS and start looking left. And I see one PMC run through the gate towards Stronghold. And then I see a second one running through, but he 180s and looks at me as he's going through the gate. And I don't think it was suspect at all. I think it was just him covering his back. It wasn't like he snapped me or anything. And he fired a few shots and they were way off target. And then they started nading me. So I'm up at that train and there's kind of two levels there, right? So you have the train and then you have the, the broken down train below and then you have that underpass. And in my mind, I was like, okay, they saw me. I backed up a little bit, looked over the fence where I thought they might peek me. One of them did. I shot, missed, he shot, missed, but we both reset. In my mind, I was like, okay, they're either going to both push me or they're going to run off and I can reset and go the other way. So to best protect myself, I decided to set up in case they did come and push me. And from where they're at, they had a couple options. They could go back through old gas, which is very dangerous, and I never thought they would do that. The other option is jumping over the concrete fence outside of the USEC building there. And if you're not familiar with that area, the next time you run up on it, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's a train that overlooks the old gas station, the broken down train below, and then there's a concrete wall that doesn't have anything that leads up to it, but it is scalable from the other side. And so I took up a spot in this in the second building which has a chain link fence and some bushes and some trees and I'm like okay I'm just going to sit here for a second and see if they come through well sure enough I started hearing the hopping noises and I'm like all right they're coming I'm getting ready so I primed a nade and threw it even though I need the shotgun kills but it was 2v1 so I wanted to level it out I didn't kill them cuz I ended up seeing them both and they start running back and forth kind of under the overpass and I just decide to stay still I would say a few seconds, maybe 10 seconds go by. They're nading all over the place. They don't get them anywhere near me. They think I'm up top still. So I decided to not move, not make any noise. And they start splitting up, which is what I was hoping for. I was hoping to take one of them on, maybe reload a few shells, and then taking the second one on. So I'm sitting next to a tree right by the door to that building. And I'm kind of keeping track of where both of them are. One of them went up to the top train and was kind of clearing the backside of that towards the big barrier of Connexes. And the other one was running around the lower train and running up on the ramp. There's a wooden plank that leads up on top of that one. So he was running up and down that. And I could kind of see him through the trees. So as I'm getting ready to shoot the lower guy, I hear footsteps behind me. And I had a decision to make. I'm like, okay, I can turn around and see what's going on here. I can hope that this person engages them. But I also know that the two enemies are hearing those footsteps. And the footsteps are right next to me at this point. Well, sure enough, a scav walked up to the tree that I was on, aggros me, I have to kill it, and then I hear the glorious snowy footsteps of the two guys running at me from two directions. Fortunately, the one lower took a straight line at me from underneath the overpass and ran straight at me, and I dropped him with three shots from my shotgun. Now, I had shot two at the scav to take him out because when I first looked around the tree, my shotgun pointed to the sky, so I had to back up before I could shoot him. So in my mind, I had two or three shells left. I wasn't really sure in the moment. At this time, I hear the other PMC strafing out from above the train. He's got the high ground on me. He knows kind of exactly where I'm at. 
I hit G to see if I have any grenades left. I don't. I only brought one in. And I ADS in. And as he comes around the train, I take two shots and miss. And he lights me up. And my whole character is red. And I, I can't really see. I'm blurry. I manage to get behind a tree. I hear him reloading. And I get two shells in. Then I double click so that I can shoot again. And I peek right from the tree. Shoot once. Hit him in the in the stomach. And then he headshots me. <laughs> and so so I, I, I go through that whole situation because I'm actually really happy that I got one out of the 15 kills during that raid. And I'll go back to what I said in the beginning, because I think if you're like rushing and you only focus on a quest, it can really get the better of you and cause frustration. And this task is prime for that, because you kind of have to undergear yourself. You can only use shotguns and people are kind of expecting it and not really allowing you to get close, which is kind of what shotguns are designed for. But I've really been enjoying it because I enjoy the process of building a gun, deciding how I want to use it and then execute on it. And I've been finding myself in these wild battles and I've, I've lost quite a few of them, but I've now got four or five of the kills and I lost my three Yushankas and my scab vest to insurance. And the way I kind of committed to it was I'm, when those come back, I'll use them again. So anyway, I think a lot of people are dealing with setup right now. That's kind of, that's kind of my fun raid story with it. Where, again, I, I could be frustrated that I died and I didn't get the second kill, but I actually looked at it the other way, that I got a kill and that's one less I have to get for the whole task. Setup is an interesting quest. I wonder if they'll change it, much like they did with, um, uh, what's the other one that used to be only, uh, it was Shoot a Born in Heaven, or was it, they changed a task this wipe that it could be on any map, and I guess my whole point is that I'm guessing they're going to change that so that that quest can be done on any map. Maybe not Factory, but any other map. I think that would be a really good change because it it is challenging when it feels like players are like <laughs> are playing really cautiously against shotgun play right now and I don't blame them because there's a lot of PMCs running around with shotguns. And so I've been getting shot from distance a lot. Um I've ran into a lot of people that are very stationary behind cover. They're playing it right for the situation. I just think there's so many players at that quest that it's it's the right thing to do to play against it, you know, but when I'm the one doing it, I, I want to just shoot people, right? But I think if you had the choice to do this on any map, and besides factory is probably wise, like factory and labs or something like the smaller maps, I don't think would be great for this because people would just abuse it, right? And it's it kind of happens on like the pistol quests right now for skier, where <laughs> there's a point in the wipe where everyone on factory has no armor has a pistol and one magazine <laughs> or one one clip or i don't know. see now I, now I've, i'm in my head about clip or magazine i think it's a clip and a pistol but they uh <laughs> they, you know you run into that a lot so any map would be cool though because you could build different types of shotguns for different maps which i guess you can do that on customs too but the choke points on customs are so well known because it's been around so long that I'm finding it challenging to have success, but I'm enjoying the process of finding ways to get this quest done. Yeah, I think it's interesting, even though the map has been around for a long time, to play it in different ways. This week, I would say my most interesting solo raid also happened on Customs as well. I spawned in on the east side of the map, so on the right side of the map, above the scav checkpoint. And my goal for the raid was to get farming part three done where you go into the office and grab the package of graphics cards. So I'm basically on the other side of the map and knowing full well that there's lots of triggers running around with shotguns trying to kill PMCs. I just decided to go slow 
and I had an AKM with a Valde on it, so I had plenty of scope. And I thought, hey, I'll get some scav kills and I'll make my way through the map. I ended up killing a couple scavs on the right side of the map, on the east side of the map, kind of by ZB-12, which is the middle building where the scav sniper can be laying on the top. There's a marking task in that building as well. And I ended up kind of making my way through there, and I probably had like four scav kills. And I made my way over to Old Gas, got into a pretty spicy fight with a PMC and one at Old Gas. And then I made my way into the middle section, kind of the the big yard by warehouse there. And I thought, I'm going to try to catch some player scavs or some PMCs crossing, because it's about halfway through the raid. And so I actually, there's those two porta-potties and the dumpster right next to them. And so there was a war going on in the warehouse. I sat there and, and I watched the war. I could see it scoped in. I watched it for about a minute, minute and a half. And I could see just full on PMC war. Could see grenades flying around, whatever. I could hear the grenades and I could see PMCs ducking in and out of cover in there. And I really didn't want to give away my position because I was pretty sure that it was at least a duo. So I just waited. And sure enough, you know, somebody won. And then they kind of made their way down and they were looting. They ended up crossing right in front of me. And for the first time, I think in a long time, and maybe first time this wipe for sure, I hit two medium distance flick headshots and I dropped them both. And it was both an interesting and somewhat terrifying moment (laughs) because there's a rule in Tarkov. When you kill a PMC, there's always another one. And when you kill two PMCs, there's always two more (laughs) (laughs) waiting there to come and, you know, get their buddy's stuff out or, you know, hide it in a bush or whatever. So at this point, I've got like four scav kills, three PMC kills, and I haven't even made it to my quest objective yet. And so I was trying to figure out what do I do? There's like 20 minutes left in the raid. The PMCs are over there and I just, I ended up not looting them. I let it be because uh, if you were a player scav on that map and you found them, good for you. You got some stuff. You got a Ronald Gaming uh, tag. Just uh, in that moment, I had to make a choice, and I I just decided that it wasn't worth the risk. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's actually a very common decision that that I make, especially while playing solo. And I guess I was going to ask you about the timing of that, because you said it was kind of a surprising and terrifying thing where you correctly read the situation, you positioned yourself well for that battle to end and for you to take the fight to whoever came out, if if you needed to. Then you hit the shots, which is sometimes kind of scary. But And then you said, like, I mean, you talked about the risk factor and why you chose not to loot them, but walk me through the timing of that. How long did you survey the area before? How long approximately was the fight? How long after you shot them did you need to leave? I'm just curious how you approach that decision-making process and how much time it takes for that to occur. Well, the more I've played Tarkov, the more patient of a player I've become in these kind of situations because the objective in Tarkov is to live, really. Most times, if you're going to do a quest or if you're going to do really anything, you need to survive. So I sat there, I would say the entire time that I stumbled upon the fight, found a spot to watch it, got the two PMC kills, and left was probably about seven minutes. Getting the kills, to put it in perspective, I was basically right next to those two blue porta-potties that are on the old gas side of warehouse. 6 x scoped in with my Valde, looking at the PMCs crossing from warehouse to old gas. 
when I took the shots, I shot one dot lower because of the distance, and I hit both of them. And I think that if I had missed, it would have been fight on, right? But I was really debating, what do I do? Because my objective for the raid was really to get farming part three done. I really didn't care about PvP or even looting. And maybe when I'm PMCing, I should care about looting more. But I sometimes don't. I sometimes get tunnel vision to my own detriment, actually, at times. I get tunnel vision and I just let things go. But an interesting problem to have in Tarkov when you have a victory in a PvP engagement, because you don't know what's going on. You don't know if maybe even there's a third party watching the entire situation. And so what could happen is there was only a duo, and I got the two, but there could be a third party hanging out just like I was, listening to everything that was happening. So it's tough to tell sometimes what to really do in that moment. And that's one of the reasons we love this game, right? Because you have to make a choice. And that choice can be, I'm going to throw caution to the wind, and we're going to do this, and we're going to just, doesn't matter if I die, and I don't care. And sometimes it's all about, well, I don't want to risk surviving this raid to find out what kind of gun they had or what kind of loot's there. So, I don't know, what do you think about that? I mean, I think that choice makes the game interesting in those moments. I do too, especially from a solo player perspective. I think that that situation in squads would almost never play out that way. Because usually one person in the squad's going to say, I'm broke, I need the guns, or I want to see what they looted, or, all right, hey, I'm going to go loot them, cover me. It's such an interesting decision to make when you're soloing to say, okay, I killed these two. I think I witnessed that fight finish. There's nobody else around me, at least in my vicinity. But based on where you said they were, I'm guessing they may have been open to like the rock sniper spot looking down in that area, or maybe down to the far side to the right, you know, up to where I died in the raid story I gave. I can put myself in your shoes in that scenario. Can't say you were right or wrong. You know, if you survived, I think you're right, no matter what. Uh, As far as the loot goes, you were closer to your objective because it's behind you at this point and they're further away. It's an interesting and challenging situation to be in. I've found myself doing it more and more where I kill someone. I know it's a PMC. Sometimes I even see if they have a bigger backpack or a suppressed gun. I'm like, oh man, that would be nice to take out. But I think not risking it sometimes is the better option if if you're really trying to progress. And I found that I'm more willing to loot and see what level the person was or the players were now that I'm past level 15, because I can much more easily replace things. Earlier in the wipe, though, and as we you know get into the main topic of Ground Zero in a little bit, that's a very different scenario, especially with how exposed bodies are sometimes, where sometimes what you're wearing is so valuable that it's not worth even doubling up on a gear set to take out, even though you want to know who'd you kill. Was it a USEC? Was it a bear? Do you need a dog tag for a quest later? There's so many factors that go into it. That decision-making, I agree with you, is what keeps this game fresh all the time. Because I've not been in that exact scenario that you just explained, but I can picture what was happening based on your explanation. And I love that because even slight variable tweaks, you know, oh, I killed him up by the gas tanks in the next section over, and I can, you know, safely get into that little divot and loot one of the two. Well, that changes everything. 20 meters further towards the exfil, and, and you may have a complete different scenario on your hands. And that's that's why it's awesome. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is the timing. You know, at 20 minutes left, there's player scavs running around. And so you have to think about that, too, right? You've got player scavs that are 
more than able to come and disrupt any situation like that or watch it and just wait and see if someone's going to loot those bodies, right? So there's variability in what can happen at that point. And so I just chose to retreat back, continuing towards Big Red. So I had to make my way still past the RUF roadblock and through that middle area there and then across the valley and get back to Big Red. So I, I make my way back and there is a building, a loot building, and I, I don't know if it has an actual call out or not, but it's it's a two-story building in the corner back by RUF roadblock that you can walk around between the edge of the map, the fence, and the building. And I made my way back through there and I stopped and I listened. I was like, let's, let's just see what we can hear from here. And sure enough, I heard in, in the snow crunching along, I heard two f- sets of footsteps. I wasn't sure what it was, but I heard two sets of footsteps. And they were running. So I kind of figured like, oh, these are got to be player scavs. And sure enough, they were coming straight at the building. I think it's called Crack House, if I'm not mistaken. But I was around the corner and they didn't see me. So I just popped out and got those guys real quick. And sure enough, you know, there's always another one. And I waited. There was another one that came running out of Crack House. And I don't know if it was an AI scab. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. But he kind of he kind of charged me, which was <laughs> unexpected. And so I got him to... And all of this, you know, is just eating up time, right? And I'm still not at my primary objective, what I want to do. I want to get that box of graphics cards for Farming Part 3. That's the, really the only reason I'm in the raid. So at this point, we're at three PMCs and seven scavs. We have 16 minutes left. It's time to go. So I make my way through the hole in the fence, back to RUF Roadblock, and there's scavs there. And I make my way down the hill and hide in the red conics that looks up at RUF Roadblock because I aggroed a scav. The scavs now actually walk over the fence and come down. They walk over the guardrail on the road there, and they come at you. So the scav's coming at me, right? And he's yelling, making a bunch of noise, whatever, and he's coming at me, coming at me, and I pop out the back of the conics and I drop them. And I heard something else, so I just freeze, and I'm looking up at RUF Roadblock, and I just didn't move because I figured that someone else is listening to this and waiting to third party the situation. And sure enough, it took about two minutes of silence, but then I see a PMC start to extract at RUF Roadblock, and I drop him right behind that truck. That is like the most dangerous extract ever, and and I get him. And one of the things that, again, when there's one, there's always two, and Trigger and I always joke about this when we talk to each other, and I waited another two minutes, and sure enough, all of a sudden I see his gear kind of disappear off his body. And there's another person there. And then all of a sudden, that, that guy's gone. So his buddy got some gear and, and extracted. And I didn't have a good line to, to get the second one. But I thought it was interesting because if I would have gone up there to loot that guy, for sure I would have been dead. And so it's just another example of a little bit of patience. So there's like 12 minutes left. And I'm like, well, there can't be that many PMCs left. So I sprint across the valley and I head over to Warehouse. From here on out, it was there was three scavs in the yard at Warehouse. They were pretty easy. I go up there, grab my quest item, get back down again, and make my way through the uh, the back, like where the storage containers are, and the to the crossroads exfil. And I made it out with like two minutes left, and it was a pretty full raid, right? I mean, that was a great raid because it had all the different elements that make it interesting. At least for me, when I'm soloing, I had a purpose. I had some decisions that were really critical if I wanted to add risk to it or if I want to just get out with my primary objective. Had some interesting long-range shots, which I found to be kind of engaging. And then at the end, I made it out. I just think it's interesting because Tarkov 
does not reward just playing without thinking about your actions. Tarkov rewards having a goal, having a purpose, and then making decisions based upon the situation, not just being like Call of Duty or PUBG or whatever, you're just running around. Tarkov rewards strategy, and the strategy can change in the map at any time in the raid, and I think that is just super engaging. When you were in that red connex, right? You're down the hill from RUAF. And this is this is kind of the where strategy meets your own ability to conquer things. And I'm going to bring something up that I remember. I wonder if you do too. But in the beginning of the wipe, we were in that same area and we needed scav kills. And we, we learned about the scavs coming down the hill because we, we encountered a PS destroyer scav when we were very not geared and we're doing Mosins or we're doing something that was, you know, we didn't have scopes and normal guns yet. And I remember we got lit up. We may have even died, but I remember a scav came down the hill and surprised us. And it was like, oh, they really did change the patrols here. So the reason I'm bringing that up when you're talking strategy is, did that hit your mind when you were moving down that hill, that earlier raid that we experienced? And is and how did that affect what you did if you did think about it? If you didn't, that's fine. I'm just curious if that played into it. Yeah, it absolutely did. I remember that raid because I died. I died rather unexpectedly because the scav was behind me down the hill and I had never experienced that before. The scav had aggroed on the road, found a safe path down on the other side of one of the big pipes and then ended up kind of behind me and shooting at me. And I was like, wait, what? And I wasn't sure because I had never encountered a scav shooting at me from that angle before. I wasn't sure if it was a PMC or what was going on. And in that particular raid, I do remember what happened. And I I remember you were behind that conduct looking back across the valley, making sure that we didn't have PMCs crossing behind us. And so it was confusing in the moment because not realizing that they had changed that about the scavs, it was like, well, it can't be a PMC because you would have caught him or at least seen muzzle flashes if he didn't see you. Yeah, absolutely. Learning from previous failure is the name of the game with Tarkov, right? I wasn't, (laughs) I knew it didn't go well. My memory was telling me that you got killed and I managed to get out, but I I couldn't remember it super clearly. I just remember it being very unfortunate and right at the beginning of the raid, which was also surprising, of like, oh, that scav is shooting from near the river. That means he came way down the hill. It's funny, it came up. In, you know, the beginning of your raid story when I'm like, okay, I know where you are because where I died in mine was just up the road near the train from where you were sitting at those two porta potties. And then in this one, it reminded me of being in that same area and how differently that went. And I also think that's really challenging because if that comes into your mind when you're trying to strategically approach the situation and you're like, shoot, I've got to sit here and make sure that I don't expose myself to scavs that are patrolling this hill and I hear them because if I run out of this connex across the, the river, they're not going to be shooting from 100 meters. They might be shooting from 20, right? And if it's a PS scav or something like that and they shoot you in the armpit, you're going down. Absolutely. And the PS scavs seem to always find your armpit, <laughs> which is really funny. But to finish off the story, you know, I think in general, getting out of that raid, playing it slow is the reason why I survived. And overall, I like the changes that Battlestate has made to scav pathing because I definitely have encountered scav pathing that is very non-traditional 
Next time, maybe I'll share a shoreline raid story where a scav, where you and I were playing on shoreline and a scav came up in a way that I have never experienced before. And I've played a lot of shoreline. So remind me next time, we'll share that story. But it is good. I'm glad that they've made it a little more interesting. A little bit of variability for players who have the map memorized, I think makes the game fresh. I agree. And, you know, let's let's use that fresh concept to talk about the fresh map that we got with Ground Zero. It was kind of unexpected from from my standpoint coming into this wipe because I really hadn't been keeping up for the better part of six months. I just knew the wipe was coming and I kind of started, you know, leaning in and finding out when it was happening and I kind of got that urge to play. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. And I start reading, it's like, oh, there's a new map coming and there's a, you know, a shoreline redo and like, okay, man, this is, there's going to be some stuff to learn because I still haven't really dug into Streets of Tarkov either. I've, I've done a handful of raids on streets. I haven't learned that. That's one of the things that I have on kind of my objective list this wipe. I wasn't expecting to have to learn a new map so early. And with Ground Zero, you know, I think the first thing we'll do is explain what it is in case you, you know, haven't bought the game or you're new, or you're thinking about coming back. And we've heard from so many people after the recent episode that, you know, weren't interested in Tarkov, but are now interested in coming back or just starting back up again. And so Ground Zero is, it's a brand new map where all of the early tasks funnel you to, you know, so you get a couple early tasks that are familiar. And then the next step in the chain very quickly sends you to the Ground Zero map. The Ground Zero map is unique in that it is for players leveled 1 to 20, and you can only PMC on the map from levels 1 to 20. After that, if you get to level 21 as a PMC, you can still use your scav on the map. It's the first time we've seen true level bracketing in the game with a direct restriction to player level. There was some soft ones like with labs and things like that where there's raiders on the maps and you got to use a card to get in that's really valuable early wipe so a lot of people wouldn't go to labs early. Some did obviously but this one truly has brackets around it with when you can PMC on the map. Absolutely and it forces you to go to the map with the five early quests and I like the variety of the five early quests. It's kind of a one of each kind of situation because they want you to kill some people. They want you to get out of a different extract. They want you to find something. They want you to spend money to use one of the cars. And I think that is a really interesting introduction to Tarkov. I like this because Tarkov is a hard enough game to play without having any kind of hand-holding at all in the game and just kind of throw it at you. And I really like this. I'm hoping they do more of this kind of thing where they have bracketing for different levels of PMCs and they teach you the game as it goes because we want Tarkov to have lots of long-term players. And in order for that to happen, it needs to have a little bit more of purpose in the beginning of the wipe that teaches you how the game works. Because right now, it's a bit too much, I think. It definitely has resources to help you. There's the Tarkov wiki, and then there's obviously the friend who convinced you to buy Tarkov in the first place. But the learning curve is really, really steep, and it's very time-consuming. They've taken a great first step with Ground Zero in saying, okay, we know you're enthusiastic to play the game. You bought it for a reason. You either like the graphics, like the gunplay, like the systems, whatever it is. We want you to play the game. We don't want you to give up and quit because you're completely broke and you don't know what to do. So we're going to teach you it 
by using some early game, almost tutorial-like questing. And that's really what the first step of Ground Zero is. And they need to do more of this. I mean, this is a great first start, but they need to actually do more of this. I think the quests are the kind of shining, very obvious, great addition here, kind of to your point. I want to talk about the map a little bit itself, too. But I agree with you. I think I would love to see more of this. The quests are set up in a way that, like you said, there's kind of one of everything. You know, you have to learn how to extract. So, number one, you have to figure out (laughs) where's a car that I can extract from because there's cars all over this map. You know, so you kind of have to learn how to navigate that. You have to bring money in. So, you have to learn a couple different systems there that are available on each map. The one that I think really (laughs) kind of gets you in that Tarkov mentality of having to get outside of your comfort zone, especially for a new player, returning player, is the one where you have to visit the different objective locations. One is on the second story. I think one's on the third story of a building. And they're on kind of opposite sides of the map. And they're somewhat exposed. You you have to get up there and get to the other one in the same raid. So it's teaching you all of these things like, okay, you're going to have to cross the map at some point, right? And I always think in terms of choke points on any map. Ground Zero is a very narrow map. You quickly start figuring things out. You're like, you're going to die, right? At some point, you will probably wander down a hallway into a bathroom and blow up because there is one bathroom that has a mine in it, and a lot of people get an achievement (laughs) when they find this in the middle of the map because it's in a building that you have to go to for one of those quests. But as you're navigating the map, it is very narrow. But to get these quests done, You know, sometimes it's a full charge situation and that may work for some people. Other times it's, you know, a slow, methodical take account of what's around. Are there scabs shooting? Are there players fighting? How do I get across the middle of the map? Because that's a really dangerous point where often when you spawn on one side, your extracts are are typically on the other side of the map. And on a narrow map like this that only has a couple real lanes for you to move between, the middle of the map's a very dangerous spot. And on Ground Zero specifically, the middle is a very narrow street with two levels on either side that can see the street level and see across at each other. And so it it teaches you indirectly Tarkov very quickly because you have to be aware of so many things all of the time and the factors are changing constantly based on what you see, what you hear, where you spawn, where you have to go. And I love the quests that they put on this map. And I also have to laugh about it too, because some of it's almost a meme, right? There's one where you have to go find a wine bottle in a wine store with hundreds of wine bottles. <laughs> you know? So it's like, awesome, I found the store, I got the little quest notification. Okay, now I got to find the wine bottle. And you look around and there's hundreds of wine bottles scattered through the shelf there. And it's like, which one is it, right? It's already nerve wracking being still anywhere on any map, but now you're sitting on a corner store near the open middle of the map, and you're having to check all these shelves, and I think some of it's on a wooden floor, so you're making all kinds of noise. And so it's really forcing the discomfort of Tarkov on players, new and old alike, in a way that, yeah, you're going to die some. Yeah, or maybe you get extremely lucky and don't die at all on ground zero, which I think would be really uncommon. But it teaches so many things so quickly that the old starter quests on the other maps and when you when you had to do Saliwas and shotguns and stuff like that, there was no learning curve. It was like, oh, you just kind of got to go figure out how to get these things. 
Whereas Ground Zero actually walks players through directly and indirectly, a bunch of things you have to know very quickly in Tarkov. I agree with you, they need to do more of this in both the beginning of the game, as well as in the mid and late game when things change. Yes, because one of the key things that you do learn, probably through trial and error on Ground Zero, especially if you've never played this game before, is that cover is everything. And when you're walking down the middle of ground zero, just the way that the basically is built out with more or less seven major buildings that you can walk inside and work your way through. That middle street kind of gives you this idea that, okay, there's a flow to this game. You're going to raid in, zone in on one end of the map, and you're going to have an extract on the other end of the map. Or you're going to have an objective where you're going to have to get into a building, and if you're trying to be sneaky about it, there's glass on the floor, right? There's always something to at least make a strategy of trying to cheese a mechanic difficult in Tarkov. Whether it's a piece of sheet metal, whether it's broken glass, whether it's scav pathing that will force the scav to run into you as a PMC, it's really designed in a way to make you have to think about how you're going to complete something without it being purely just luck or environmental. So one of the things about Ground Zero that I think is just super impactful is the actual middle of the map. It's very important to learn that you have to move from cover to cover, especially when you don't have the high ground in this game. And each one of these buildings has a spot that you can hold something in the middle of the map, hold an angle, hold a long range shot. You and I happen to find an interesting spot to hold. I think it's in the fusion building looking right across to the bank, where I think on the second floor there is where the machine gun, which is one of the things you have to identify is. And there's this restaurant type room in the second floor of that building that we naturally just thought, oh, this is interesting. There's two entrances to the room. One of them is a spiral staircase. And we can see across the street. And we can hear scabs running down. And we can see a quest objective that most people are looking for when they start playing the map. And so (laughs) we just naturally kind of set up shop there. And it turned out to be a couple of very interesting and what I would call engaging raids. But that could happen with anybody, especially new players. They could discover that, okay, I can set up shop. I can see all of those things. And there's loot in that room. And so that's kind of how the game is designed. The game is designed to send you from place to place to place and have something happen in between, usually. And so I found a couple of spots like that room that's on the second story of, I believe, the Fusion Building to be really fun to play with Ground Zero. And I played a lot of Ground Zero before I turned 20. I really think the map is very engaging and interesting. Did you find any places that you particularly liked as far as setting up or any good strategic points we could help some new people out with? Yeah, I I would have pointed to the same second story in the fusion building like you talked about. And for similar reasons, but the things that I would point out are once I start to learn a map, I like Ground Zero because you can learn it pretty quick. The buildings are set up in a way where they're very recognizable. You know, the Tarcone building. Is it Tarcon? Terra Group? Yeah, Terra <laughs> Group. Office. Terra Group. The Terra Group building is crumbled, right? It's it's destroyed. It's been attacked. So it's very obvious and has a huge courtyard. You know, so you have this huge landmark there. And then you'll learn that 
If you're looking at the Terra Group building, off to the right is the vehicle extract. And then if you were to make it to the middle where Fusion is and where the bank building is, if you're looking down that road, you'll see a curved building. And you start to understand these things that tell you where you're on the map and where you're oriented to and where you've got to go. And for me, I really like that Fusion building because it's in the middle of the map. And like you said, it has really interesting sight lines, but it also had really kind of fun defensive plays. You know, we were trying to find certain items or farm scavs because we were looking for drops off of scavs. And we could shoot down into the street, we could watch across. But then we were also in a very neat defensive situation because we had the spiral staircase, which when players or scavs or anything is coming up those stairs, there's some glass and it's just kind of an awkward push, you know, so we get the audio cue and then you kind of have a interesting battle there because there's so many things and objects in the way. They're kind of messy fights, especially when you don't have a lot of optics and things like that in the 1 to 20 realm. Additionally, there's that hallway that comes in the back. So very often you would hear player scavs or PMCs coming through that hallway. So we would set up in a way where we weren't immediately exposed to them, but we could set up a crossfire and it let us get into the middle of the raid or, you know, survive for 20 minutes so that we could move around more freely and a lot of other action elsewhere would happen. But like you said, sight lines are so important. And when I understand a map, I start getting to places that I frequent. Once I know an area, I find myself there a lot more because I'm just comfortable with what I can loot there, what I can do there. And on that particular one, you start to realize how much of the map you can see from these elevated positions. And this is true on a lot of maps, but on on Ground Zero, it's especially true. You can see almost the entire courtyard of the Terra Group area. You can see the corner of the bank building where a lot of players will come in when they rotate through the Terra Group building to the bank building and then come around the corner to come across. And you can see that. You can see the corner of the second story there where the quest objective is. And so knowing that, when I have to be on the other side of the map, I'm always sitting there thinking like, okay, if I cross here, I need to do a quick check of the fusion building because if someone's doing what I normally do, They're going to have amazing advantages over me if I'm not aware of them or I don't find them quickly. I've now taken that sort of concept into, you know, learning the new shoreline landscape, right? Shoreline has a lot of new terrain, a lot of new sight lines, and a lot of new cover where there wasn't cover before or lack of cover where there used to be. And I've taken that same concept and really focused on it this way. And it's helped me learn a lot quicker and and really be focused on like how I can use terrain to my advantage or just be aware of where I'm exposed from. And that's been really cool. And I love that Ground Zero is teaching that indirectly through the way the map is set up. I, I think it's one a great map design. And that's just one building, (laughs) you know, and you're right. We gravitated towards it and we went there quite a few raids for farming experience, for farming items. And it's for all of those reasons. And that's one named location on that map of quite a few. I found myself soloing on ground zero and developing a rotation for loot. To break it down, most of the time I found for some reason I had a tendency to spawn basically in the Capital Insight side of the map all the time, like in the Nakatani area as a PMC, I found pretty consistently there was always be a scav that spawned right next to me. <laughs> and so you take the scav out, 
get an easy kill right away, loot, get some stuff right there, hit the Capital Insight building and work your way into fusion. And I almost treated Ground Zero like a scav on a PMC kind of situation playing solo just to get XP. I'd run in there with as big a bag as I had, most of the time a scav backpack, and just fill it up, kill a few scavs, and then work my way to Emercom. And it seemed like over and over and over again, that's the progression that I had with it. I found it to be really familiar after a while to the point where it was just like running Shoreline or just like running Customs or Factory. And then really appreciating the design of the map. Because even after you learn the map, there's subtle nuances to it. There's plenty of spots for cover. The scav pathing gets you into some interesting situations. And it forces the PMCs to come out of the buildings, which I find really interesting. There's an extract on Mira Avenue, which is in the backside of the Skyside Hotel, which leads you up towards Emercom. And there is a spawn point in Fusion. So if if you're looking at the map of it, it'll keep track of what I'm talking about here. There's a spawn point in Fusion, which is actually like a coffee shop. And if you go out of the front door of that spawn point, it's mined. And you run into a bunch of mines. (laughs) You You can die like right away. But you have to go out the side door. But I realized maybe after the fifth or sixth time that I did it, there is a weapons crate that everybody misses on the right side of the fusion spawn point. And you have to wrap around and it's hidden in a bunch of stacked up garbage in the backside. And so I'd I'd hit that weapons crate, right? And there's always something in there. It's just little things like that that you learn about a map after you play it. And you can walk along either the high ground or the low ground on the back of the Skyside Business Center. You can walk at the bottom of the steps or the top of the steps. At the top of the steps, there's a bunch of broken glass. And at the bottom of the steps, there's also a bunch of broken glass. And so I tried to raid at night because I was at some point just wanting to get XP and work my way out. And I got into some really interesting fights back there because people were trying to sneak their way out by jumping on top of the sides of steps where there's like planters and you can vault your way on top of it. And people were trying to get around in there. And anywhere you go, there was always some chance that you were going to run into somebody. But yet there's loot everywhere. And it's just it's just fun. And I think they did a really good job designing the map to also take advantage of the new feature of vaulting. You can definitely vault over all kinds of different handrails, and you can vault over different concrete walls and things like that. So it's definitely there to showcase that feature as well. But the map's really designed well, and I used it as a scav as a PMC many, many, many times before I hit level 20. And I pulled lots of money, lots of loot, and lots of XP out that way. Another thing you said that I kind of want to highlight about Ground Zero is that on the surface, it's a narrow map with not a lot of options. But you talked about that kind of south side of the map near the Mira extract and, and over towards the Emercom extract. There is actually a lot of options as you start familiarizing yourself with the map. There's really like it's three lanes, right? You have that main road that goes through the middle of the entire map. Then you kind of have the buildings on either side. And then you have barrier road or sidewalk on the one end as well near those extracts. And I I like that this exists on the map because one of the faults of customs in the past, of woods in the past, right? These maps that you used to have to deal with very early on in the wipe, before they were expanded, they had one, maybe two lanes. 
And I really like that Battlestate has changed their design philosophy on maps to allow interesting decisions to be made on how you get from point A to point B, and that there's usually two or three options for doing that without putting yourself in an absolutely exposed state. The quickest way is always going to be to just kind of sprint down the middle or (laughs) run across the choke point, but you're exposing yourself when you do that. The thing that you said was the, the high pass and the low pass, but what I really find intriguing by your your nighttime PMC runs where you were kind of doing them for XP is that you found players trying to sneak around those perimeter areas. And I think that's really cool. You probably killed them, (laughs) right? So they had to learn a, a tough lesson in Tarkov that even if you're being sneaky in the dark, you can still get spotted. But the fact that they discovered those locations and those rotations versus just all being in the middle of the map, I think is great because it's a natural thing. As you learn more and more about the map, you kind of learn more and more about the ways that you can either pass through a building to get the other side or go around it or go high, go low. And Ground Zero does that incredibly well. The other thing that Ground Zero does is it offers you several different ways to play Tarkov. So if you want to be a W key and you want to run full speed at whatever you're going to run into, you can do that. You can most definitely W key your way through the buildings, through the middle of the map, whatever. And you can hop, skip, and jump your way through fighting from scav to player to whatever you run into and make your way through everything to the end. If you're a slower player and you're looking for loot, or if you're looking for just, I'll call it uncertainty in what's going on, or nervous playing, or whatever you want to call it, or just new, which is normal, then you can also do that as well. There's plenty of places to go from cover to cover. But I like that it's really very difficult on Ground Zero to be completely undetected. And what I mean by that is that their staircases are blocked off, there's broken glass on the ground, there's physical barriers which stop you from going out certain windows, and all of that stops you from being in one place for too long. That's a very good thing in my opinion, because one of the things you don't want to get used to in Tarkov is just sitting somewhere, I think, for too long. Because there is a timer in the game, and you do have to learn how to play Tarkov, even when you play slowly, and I'm definitely more of a strategic player, you still have to learn how to play when you make noise, or you step on glass, or you have to work your way through places that are not covered. And I like that the map does force you to do that as well. I would have never thought about it that way, but I really like the way you put that. And the way that I think about what you said is, I think maybe one of the best things that Ground Zero does is it doesn't let players feel safe because that that would have been like the easy way to like give a really safe experience for new players to come into the game. And I think if that was the case, people would have hit level 21 and quit, right? And Ground Zero, to your point, like there's glass everywhere. There's wood, there's loot everywhere, there's dead scabs everywhere. So like you're always making noise, (laughs) right? And I remember when I first started playing this game, I was hiding in bushes because I was so terrified of how much sound I was making just walking or hitting a branch. In Ground Zero, like there's noise everywhere and you hear players moving and you have to get used to the fact that just because you hear footsteps doesn't mean you can do something about it. Even if you're well positioned, people know how to take cover from you and you learn the lanes to move through to where you you can't be shot in certain areas while being exposed to others so you learn how to do that. 
Great point. Great point. Because that is something that that map does phenomenally well. You never really feel super safe. <laughs> you know, if if you're in one of the more advantageous positions, like we talked about on Fusion or in the Terror Group building, in those second stories or third story spots, you're still not super safe because you're wide open to the rest of the map. You know, so yes, you may have a very huge advantage over someone who's lower than you and doesn't spot you. But after you play that map a while, you do get used to looking in those areas. But more importantly, there's scabs everywhere. There's players running everywhere. The sound, that sound piece that that you can't just not move. You're going to make noise moving and getting comfortable with that, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable feeling of making noise in this game, I think probably sets players up for success when they have to go back to the other maps. Absolutely. Think about what it's like when you go from the starter map then to immediately into customs and then immediately into lighthouse or shoreline. And you're dealing with sound and sound cues that you've already learned that there's a consequence of sound, but sound is also a tool in Tarkov as well. You can make sound on purpose to draw either scavs to you or to draw other players to you especially if they're more like a W key aggressive type player, you can make sound to draw them to you. And I think that is important because you're going to have to learn that sound is almost as valuable of a tool as ammo picking to more veteran and experienced players. And Ground Zero is going to teach you through some trial and through some error and through some heartache and through some triumph that sound matters. When you get out of the Ground Zero level bracket and you get to the any level maps, let's just call them, you're going to run into experienced players. And all of the experienced players play sound and understand sound. And so I just think that that maybe wasn't even an intentional design choice, but might have just been, a, we'll call it a happy side effect of the way that the map is designed, that you do end up learning all the different types of sound in the game. I love happy accidents. They remind me of Bob Ross. <laughs> I I think there's so many things that were intentional about the map that they couldn't help but back into some really good and maybe some bad things, right? I love the way you put that. I I agree with it. I remember coming back after not playing for a while. I didn't feel safe on that map. I I really didn't feel safe at all actually. I needed to learn where to go to feel safe and find those those spots that I could learn and, and defend and be aggressive in. And I think that's where the balance with this map has really been struck well, because we spent a lot of time talking about the new player or returning player experience, which this map is critical for. It's a great addition to the game, being released for as many years as it has, and now there's a slightly less steep learning curve because of this map. But for experienced players, I think this still hits a great spot. It's a solid map, and, and maybe experience means you can play a little bit quicker or you're a little bit more objective-based and you just kind of know the flow of things. The one point I want to make is that it fixes some of the early quest problems. It's a beginning of the fix. There's still these like weird, like hard-to-complete early quests, but by just adding some extra stuff to do in the beginning of the game, it also lets experienced players move more efficiently through the beginning of the game, which I think is a good thing because, it, you know, if, if you're really experienced in the game, you kind of want to get into that mid game quickly where you have some more options and modification ability. And I think allowing that 
to occur with more quests, more experience, more things to do early. I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's just a new player thing. I think it actually is one of the changes that works really well across all play styles, as well as all experience levels in the game. It definitely is a good way to shake the rust off if you take in a wipe off <laughs> and you need to jump back into Tarkov after taking, you know, some time out. Or maybe you took, uh, you know, since it's a seasonal game, you took one of those uh, seasons off. You can dive back in with all of the things that Ground Zero offers you and get reacquainted with how Tarkov works. One of the things also to the the variability of just this wiper, maybe who knows into the future, is the snow. <laughs> There's <laughs> crunchy snow everywhere, which is on every map, of course, not just Ground Zero. But I also want to mention that we haven't forgot about experienced players you know, we wanted to get into Ground Zero for new players and kind of talk about the map for people who haven't played it or maybe you're new to Tarkov completely. I think in the next episode, we'll get into what we think about Ground Zero from an experienced player perspective and get into it for how if you have, you know, thousands of hours in the game, you can look at Ground Zero and find the most out of it and talk about our experience and what we think and where we went the most and those types of things. Maybe offer up some strategies more than the second store restaurant for uh, everyone to look at and some interesting details about how to scav as an experienced player in Ground Zero because it can be kind of a mess sometimes. I think that about wraps it up for tonight. What do you think, Trigger? You got anything else? I guess I want to leave. I like the idea of, of touching maybe briefly on the experienced player you know, how to use Ground Zero to your advantage next episode. I, I did want to touch just really quickly, and this is kind of a parting thought, rhetorical question, but I think we we spent a lot of time talking about gating last episode. It's the thing that I really like that Battlesave is experimenting with, and I guess I'll just leave this kind of rhetorical question, and, and maybe we can talk about it more at the top of the next episode. One of the things that I've been thinking about with this 1 to 20 experience that they've put in is I've I've been wondering about banding other maps at different times. And I don't know that needs to be permanent stuff, but I wonder what would happen if it would be positive if one week they put a band on customs where it was like level 15 to 25, there's a band. If you were level 1 to 14, you're in a band. If you're level 15 to 25, you're in a band. And if you're 26 plus, you're in a band. And, and I just wonder if they played around with this concept where Every once in a while, a few different maps have different level groups that are competing or, or, you know, trying to get things done. And it would allow like strategic decisions about what maps to play when. I've been thinking a lot about that. So I kind of leave with that thought and that kind of rhetorical question because, I mean, that opens a whole can of worms, I know. After we had the last episode, I found myself thinking about a bunch of the stuff we talked about. So this time I want to plant a seed to give the listeners something to think about as well as us, and maybe we can talk about it next time. I love it. If you have thoughts on that, or if you have any ideas on it, or you think we're crazy, uh, let us know. You can join Discord. That's where the main conversation happens from the Xfield community. Or if you're listening to this on YouTube, leave a comment. We read the comments and get back to everybody. So let us know what you think. Should we have groups of players, different bands of levels on different maps? How do you think that would play out? And do you think that would be good for the game or bad for the game? Interesting for you personally or not? I uh, would love to hear from you. But I think that's about it. The green bar is definitely flashing, and we are just about out of here. But once again, thank you so much to everybody who listens to the show or watches the show on YouTube. Appreciate each and every one of you. And if you can, 
throw us a subscribe or a like or whatever. It's free to you and definitely helps get the show out to more people. But until next time, thanks again and good luck with all of your raids. Thanks everybody. Good luck out there. Survive, survive, survive. And watch out for the snow chance.